Hello and welcome to this episode of The Lies and Styles of Old Hollywood. This episode is on Dorothy L'Amour. For more than 20 years, she was one of the most successful and famous stars of Old Hollywood. Especially her continued work with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby made her a Hollywood icon. And as the Sarong girl, she has written fashion and film history. As usual, let's start at the beginning. Mary Lita Dorothy Slayton was born on December 10th in 1914 in New Orleans. Her parents, Carmen Louise and John Watson Slayton, were both restaurant waiters. Their heritage was of Spanish, English, French and Irish descent. Her parents divorced when Dorothy was still a kid and her mother got married again shortly after to Clarence Lambour. But this marriage also only lasted for a couple of years and the couple divorced when Dorothy was a teenager. But Dorothy kept a token when she changed her name for the stage into Dorothy L'Amour, just omitting the B in her stepfather's name, which very much sounded like love in French. Dorothy quit school at the age of 14, apparently after forging her mother's signature on the permission slip to do so that Dorothy handed in at school. Afterwards, she started a business course and trained to be a typist, which she got so skilled at that she would always type her own letters, even at the height of her fame. At the same time, she started to take part in beauty pageants and became Miss New Orleans in 1931 at age 16. As her mom was a second-time divorcee back then, Dorothy supported the two of them with her prize money and they moved to Chicago. Here, Dorothy found work at Marshall Fields department store and worked as an elevator operator. Her boss, though, allowed her to go out for auditions around Chicago. At one point, Dorothy performed at a talent show at the Hotel Morrison in Chicago and was discovered by orchestra leader Herbie Kay. She got an audition with him the next day and he hired her on the spot as a singer. So, in 1935, aged 21, Dorothy toured with K in the orchestra and her work with him got her into vaudeville as well as radio work. For example, she starred in her own weekly musical program on NBC Radio, as well as in the famous Rudy Vallée radio show, as well as the Chase and Sanborn Hour. In 1936, when Lamour was only 25 years old, she and her mother, who got married for the third time, moved to Los Angeles. There, Dorothy did a screen test for Paramount Pictures and signed a contract with them right away. Her first uncredited role was in that very year in College Holiday with George Burns and Crazy Allen. But already her second movie established her as a star. It was The Jungle Princess with Ray Milland. The three most important things happening in this movie were, first, Lemur plays an exotic woman, a role that she would take on many times throughout the following years. Second, she sang the song Moonlight and Shadows, which showed off her singing capabilities and was the beginning of her singing movie roles. And third, Lemur wore a sarong during the filming, designed by famous costumer Edith Hatt. And she would wear this particular piece of clothing in multiple films during her career. Thus, she was named as the Sarong Girl. 
The next of those movies was John Ford's The Hurricane in 1937, with Lemur's hit song The Moon of Manakura and a risque diving scene that was done by his stunt double Leila Finn in the nude. It was followed by Her Jungle Love and Tropic Holiday in 1938. She also starred in other movies, Sans Sarong, so without this particular piece of clothing, but with normal clothes, opposite Henry Fonda, George Raft, Irene Dunn, Jack Benny and Randolph Scott, who was, as you might remember, the roommate of Cary Grant. But her most memorable appearances were probably in the road movies with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. So this particular series of movies started in 1940 with Road to Singapore. Lamour, of course, was back in a sarong. The most challenging part of Road to Singapore? The fact that Hope and Crosby did not stick to the lines of the script. Instead, they ad-libbed. Dottie, as Lamour was called by Hope lovingly, persevered though. She learned to go with the flow and just get the general idea of a scene and go along with whatever the two would say. And the audience's response to this team of three was enthusiastic. Road to Singapore became a solid hit and it was followed one year later by Road to Zanzibar, which was even more successful, and another year later by Road to Morocco. In 1945, the three united for Road to Utopia, and 1947 for Road to Rio. In between filming with Hope and Crosby, Lamour starred acting and singing in several movies, opposite leading men such as Tyrone Power, Robert Preston, Henry Fonda, Eddie Pracken, William Holden, Dick Powell, Fred McMurray, Arturo de Cordova and Ellen Ladd. Some of them in a skin-bearing two-piece, some of them in quite normal clothing. In 1947, though, Lemur left Paramount. So, what happened after that? Her work in the 1950s included several different films, including comedies, melodramas and film noir. So, she really tried to expand her repertoire. She starred also in Cecil B. DeMille's The Greatest Show on Earth, as well as Road to Bali in 1952. But none of these movies could reach her former levels of success. Thus, Lemur concentrated on TV and stage work, appearing on Broadway. In 1962, she returned to the movies with a cameo in Road to Hong Kong. But in contrast to the older Road 2 movies, she was no longer the main love interest. Joan Collins had snapped this part. But Hope did not want to do the film without Lemur, who had been an integral part of the team since the beginning, some 20 years earlier. After that, Lemur mainly did cameos, TV appearances and theatre work. For example, touring with Hello Dolly, Barefoot in the Park and Personal Appearance. And she appeared on shows like Love Boat, Heart to Heart, Murder, She Wrote and Marcus Welby, MD. Her last screen appearance was in 1987 on Creep Show 2 alongside George Kennedy as an elderly couple that gets murdered and revenged. Her final stage appearance was in the 1990 production of Stephen Sondheim's Follies. And on September 22nd in 1996, at age 81, Dorothy Lemur died from a heart attack at a home in North Hollywood. She's one of the few stars, actually, that have two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. One is for her radio contributions and one for her motion picture contributions. 
But Dorothy Lamour was not only an actress, she was also a patriot and an activist. So Dorothy Lamour was one of the many Hollywood stars that actively helped in the war effort selling war bonds during World War II. Alongside Betty Crable, Rita Hayworth, Lana Turner and Veronica Lake, Lamour was one of the most asked for pinup girls and she sold war bonds worth $300 million, which earned her the nickname The Bond Bombshell. And she received a recitation from the U.S. Department of the Treasury. And she also worked at the Hollywood Canteen, entertaining and talking to soldiers. Another important aspect of Dorothy Lamour's life were her friendship. Of course, she had many friends, but two of her friendships were very important to her life and career. And those were with Dorothy Dell and Carol Lombard. Dorothy Lamour and Dorothy Dell had known each other from the early days in New Orleans, where they both grew up. Dell was actually a descendant of Jefferson Davis, the first and only president of the Confederate States of America, so the South, during the American Civil War. Bell desired to become a singer and she signed a radio contract. At the same time, she entered beauty pageants and won Miss New Orleans in 1930, one year before L'Amour. She was well known and got many offers to further her career, but she decided to start in Vaudeville to get her best friend Dorothy Lamour also started there. But Dorothy Dell moved to New York. She got discovered by Florence Sigfeld, appeared on Broadway and made her way to Hollywood, where she signed with Paramount and was set to be built into a star. Dell died at age 19 in a car crash. And Dorothy Lamour followed her steps from New Orleans and vaudeville and radio to Hollywood and Paramount, where her second great friendship was formed with Carol Lombard. Lombard was actually the one that got offered the role in Now and Forever, which previously had been held by Dell, which had prematurely died. Lombard and Lamour became friends fast. And when they were both cast for Swing High, Swing Low, Lombard made sure that Lamour's part got extended by some pages in the script. When Lombard left Paramount in 1938, she made sure that Lamour would be given her dressing room on the Paramount lot. In return, after Lombard's death, Lamour would become active in the war effort because previously Lombard had been one of the most outspoken and active members of the initiative. But what about Lamour's love life? If you have a name like Lamour, there has to become something going on in your private life. Lamour married orchestra leader Herbie Kay in 1935. This was also the very year in which Kay had discovered her. The marriage lasted only four years and the couple divorced in 1939. Subsequently, Lamour had love affairs and relationships with James Stewart, John Howard, Craig Bowser, Cary Grant's roommate Randolph Scott, Philip Reed and director Frank Borsage. The most random but also most scandalous affair was with J. Edgar Hoover, who was the head of the FBI. Apparently, these two spent a night together in Washington. And when asked about whether they had had a sexual relationship, Lamour would answer in a later interview, I cannot deny it. In 1943, Lamour got married for a second time to William Ross Howard II. He was an Air Force captain and an advertising executive. They had two sons, which were called Richard Thompson Howard and John Ridgely, and they relocated to Baltimore in 1957 until her husband's death in 1978. And after that, she was alone and moved back to North 
Hollywood. So this is the life of Dorothy Lamour, the sarong girl, the exotic jungle princess, who was absolutely stunning. If you look at pictures of her, she was beautiful, as most actresses back in the day. And although she had quite a fabulous life, as usual, there are lessons to be learned for all of us. So the first always go with the flow. She did that so well. Whether it's adapting to ad-libbing co-workers or wearing a scandalous outfit that puts you in a corner. Go with what is right there before you and don't fight a situation because it's there and it might become quite a good thing in the end. As Lamour later pointed out, she wasn't particularly fond of the sarong, but it definitely made her into the star that she became. The second lesson is pivot when it stops to be fun. So when Lamour realized that better movie offers would not combine, she decided to use her strengths in other mediums like stage and TV. So never stay too long. Never try to make time go backwards because that is never going to happen. So the situation is what it is. Go with the flow and pivot to what makes the most sense to you in that very situation because there are so many opportunities in life. Pivot and look for the thing that makes the most sense right now and which will make you the happiest in that particular moment in time. And third, never hold a grudge against people, life or circumstances. If you want to succeed in life, just accept things the way they are and move on. It's all about your reactions. You cannot change other people. You cannot keep blaming other people for your situation. And when reading Lemur's autobiography, My Side of the Road, you will get exactly that feeling. Lemur was not one to hold crutches. She was not always treated correctly by the industry or by her co-workers, but she moved on with humor even and looked at it with a twinkling eye and a light heart. She was not blaming and she was just moving on, leaving all that behind and focusing on the here and now. So I think these are three very important lessons to lead a very successful life. And I am wholeheartedly thankful to the suggestion to cover Dorothy Lamour. It came from an avid listener that I'm very grateful for. And it was fun researching Dorothy Lamour because I didn't know much about her. And I'm happy that I had the chance to dive into her life story earlier that was initially planned. So I hope you enjoyed it as well. And I cannot wait to talk to you next week because I have something special prepared for you. So stay tuned, have a fabulous week and I will talk to you the next time. Bye.